Good morning and welcome to Echoes of Calvary. This is your host, Greg Sweeting. Thank you for opening your home to us this morning. I invite you to now open your hearts and worship with us as we share from the Word of God. Stay with us as we share comments and illustrations with a spiritual application, present special music to call us to worship, and in a few minutes, Pastor Alan Lee will come to share insights from Scripture and explain how to apply God's Word that we might grow to be complete in Christ. The girl guides in the UK have a big decision to make. I suppose the guides will have to accept whatever the leaders decide. I'm not sure how much to say the guides themselves will have in the decision-making process. It is being touted as an attempt to modernize the association, which has been around for just over a 100 years. Remember, it was Lord Baden-Powell that had the idea, and the scouts and girl guides have been set up all over the free world, including the Bahamas, ever since then. During that century of years, remember, the scouts, the guides, had a standard promise or a pledge that they repeated regularly. It is a promise or pledge that is similar to the Pledge of Allegiance that we say in our country. It is their individual statement of purpose, why they are guides, and expresses to what standards they commit themselves to living up to in their daily lives, even outside of guide meetings. Now there is talk, however, that the leadership of this long-serving, dedicated and worthy organization is suggesting that they should modernize their organization by, amongst other things, changing the words of their pledge, which is really an integral part of who they are. It is being suggested now that they remove or change certain words in their promise. They've suggested that the word God should be taken out and that the word Queen should also be replaced by the concept of community or country. Instead of making a pledge and a commitment to God and the Queen, as they've done for a hundred years, it is suggested that they now remove God from the equation to allow the gods to be free of any religious constraints, if, for example, someone happens to be an atheist. And the Queen will also be replaced as a symbol of a country and community to more generic, all-inclusive reference. For the life of me, I do not understand the need for these changes. Although I strongly disagree with the idea of removing God from the promise, and we can discuss this from many points of view, why would the British leaders of this organization see the need to replace the Queen with a more generic terminology of country or community? doesn't make sense to me. Perhaps as more details are released of their rationale, it may become clearer. I am a believer in that old adage, if it's not broke, don't fix it.
compassion for the hurting you reached out your hand as the lame ran to meet you and the dead breathed again you saw behind the eyes of sorrow and shared in our tears heard the sigh of the weary let the children Grace, for surely you have borne our suffering and carried our grief as you pardon the scoffer and show grace to the thief. What boundless love, what fathomless grace you have shown us, O oh God.
I suppose, as with many things these uh, days, the modernists and the religionists and the atheistic members of our society, the liberals, if you will, once again seem to have the upper hand. Under the guise of modernization, their suggestion to change an age-old pledge that has served thousands of boys and girls in many countries for over a hundred years needs to be updated and replaced and made more relevant for the era in which we now live. The old one, the familiar one, is no longer good enough, apparently. seems to me that this whole exercise is a transparent attempt to get rid of God, even in the Scouts and Girl Guides associations. Maybe the reference to the Queen is a smokescreen to hide the real reason, which is to remove the reference to God. Or may these modernists perhaps are even desirous of removing the reference to the Queen who represents a higher authority in a sense, one who should represent all that is good and decent in the society. Let's get rid of them all. Then we can build a society based on what our values are and what we think the morality ought to be according to us. God help us all. I hope that there are enough people in Britain who will rise up to the occasion and squash this insane drive to change that pledge. And I hope that such insanity never finds its way to our fair shores, though I suspect it will, unfortunately. Let us continue to pray for our country, that we will continue to enjoy the religious freedoms denied so many people around the world, and that this insidious movement is kept away from the Bahamas, for many, many years to come. Out the sun, where to stand in the morning? Who told the ocean you can only come this far? And you show the moon where I tell evening whose words alone can catch a falling star. Well, I
And now with this message for today, here's our pastor, Alan Lee. Good morning. Greetings once again in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today, I want to begin a short series of messages on what I consider to be an extremely vital one for the Christians as we face the challenges of living in a fallen society and the moral dilemmas we face as a result of that fact. My subject for the series of messages is the human difference and its impact on the Christians dealing with the moral dilemmas of our day. My thesis for the series is that most, if not all, of the social and moral issues that challenge us today are actually asking one underlining basic question, and that question is, what is man? Or, to make it more personal, who am I as a human being? I believe that the biblical answer to this question is the foundational truth that would provide the proper practical response to most of the social and even economical challenges that currently face us in one way or another today. Let me state it another way, just so you would get the emphasis I'm trying to make in this series of messages. It is vitally important for the Christian to know the answer to this question, who am I as a human being? Because, as I hope to show from the Word of God, it will enable them, the Christian, to answer such current social and moral questions as, is abortion on demand murder? Is euthanasia ever right? Is capital punishment an inhumane action? Is a baby turtle more or just as valuable as a human baby in his or her mother's womb? Is a coconut tree more important than or just as important as a human being? Is homosexuality a normal, God-given lifestyle? I am totally convinced that if a professing Christian truly understands who man is by divine design, all of these questions would be easily and satisfactorily answered in keeping with the Word of God and give practical directions as to how we are to deal with them in our societies as Christians who are to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Let me give you then a preview or overview of where I will be going for the next few weeks by looking at some of the issues that will be addressed. First, in connection with the issue of abortion, the big question is, is a fetus human? Or, when does life begin? Or again, when does the fetus become human or have worth? Now, this has to do with the beginning of life. By the way, it also has tremendous bearing upon the moral implications of the current effort of the Bahamas to become a desired destination for what I call stem cell tourism, which I predict will become a major theme in the media and talk shows in the days ahead. Second, the resulting and emerging issue of abortion, of course, is euthanasia. This is the other end of the spectrum of life. The big question here is, when does worth as a human being cease? Is this such a thing as a right to die? Is there a difference between the quality of life and the quantity of life? Then thirdly, we have the very current and relevant issue of ecology, another entity that is making a big impact on our number one economic source of income, tourism today in the Bahamas. 
The big question here is, is man, are you, more important than a tree, a mango wetland, or a dolphin, a parrot, a conk, a turtle, a grouper, a tree, or even a dog? Because animal rights even enter into this scenario. My proposition is that ultimately speaking, all of these current issues which are making such an impact upon our society and which is challenging the Christian as to how to relate to them, they ask the same basic overall theological and philosophical question. How is man, how are you, different from other living things? Is there, in fact, a human difference? Let me give you some more specific illustrations of what I am saying so you can see the implications of this subject. Take the issue of abortion. As I mentioned, the big question here is, is a fetus in a mother's womb just a cluster of cells? Or, as one Bahamian doctor stated on a talk show some time ago, is it just a parasite? When does personhood emerge if it isn't inherent within the fetus, as claimed by some? Is it moral for doctors to harvest stem cells from a fetus by killing that fetus in order to save the life of someone living outside the womb? At the other end of life spectrum is the issue, as I mentioned, of euthanasia. The question that arises here are, when does death occur? How long should we treat a body with dignity? In fact, what is the distinction between a human being and a corpse? Do doctors or even a patient have the moral right to determine when a life is to be terminated? based on either quality or quantity of life? Then it comes to ecology. Some of the relevant questions to be answered here are, how do we determine man's place in the ecological cycle? Is man qualitative or only quantitatively different from other things in our creation? Is a porpoise, a parrot, a grouper, a dog, or a donkey just as valuable as a human being? In other words, I ask again, is there a human difference? Now, here's why these things are urgently important. Here's the kind of philosophies and concepts that most of our young people are being exposed to in the colleges and universities they attend, and which they then bring back to and impose upon our society via their various professions. John Lilly is a noted biologist in the United States, and he makes this observation in one of his textbooks called man and the dolphins. I quote, The day that communication is established, that is, with the dolphin, then the dolphin becomes a legal, ethical, moral, and social problem. That's in his book called Man and the Dolphins, page 211. In other words, he's saying the dolphin, if communication is established with it, then become to be considered as being on the same level as a human being because he's able now to communicate. Also in the United States, with reference to ecology and the value some people are now placing upon nature in relation to man, which we are doing quite a bit here in the Bahamas now. Former Supreme Court Justice William O. Douglas states, and I quote now, the wilderness itself could possibly have the right to sue for its preservation. That's from an article that he published entitled, Should Trees 
have standing in the book called Toward Legal Rights for Natural Objects by Christopher Stone. Translated to the Bahamas, this would mean that an eco-lawyer, or we call him an eco-lawyer, would be able to sue the government on behalf of an eroding Cabbage Beach or Saunders Beach. Although not yet to this extreme, this kind of trend is taking place already and evidence in our present focus upon the importance of preserving our ecosystem in the Bahamas if we are to maintain and improve our tourist industry. Mark my word, you will see trees and land and beaches taking priority over the human being if the trend continues. And if you watch the movies, to see the subtle trend in the dehumanizations of humans, you will see that robots and machines are now getting equal billing with human actors and actresses. The names of robots are actually listed as those starring or playing in a, playing a part in the movies along with the human actress. They are becoming personalized as human beings are becoming dehumanized and we are becoming desensitized to the trend that is causing us to, to appears to be that there is not a human difference. I say again, this is the kind of philosophy and worldviews that are being taught to and imbibed by our young Bahamians studying in colleges and universities in the United States, Canada, and Europe, and are imported into the Bahamas by these students returning as doctors, lawyers, politicians, even preachers, and other professions that impact our Bahamian society. Our stay-at-home young people, as well as older folk, are then brought face-to-face with this contrary worldview that causes quite a moral dilemma for them, to say the least. In other words, our Judeo-Christian spiritual foundations are gradually being eroded and in fact removed, and it appears that not too many of us are aware of it. And that is why the significance of our understanding the biblical teaching regarding the Imago Dei, man being made in the image of God. We believe this is an essential truth for us to know and to understand in today's society. It solves a lot of those so-called moral dilemmas for Christians almost immediately, as we'll see as we go on with this series. So then, the really big question as we conclude the day for us to answer is this. Will man, will human beings, as we have known him to be, a person of value and worth, survive in our modern world and mindset? This is the question we will explore and seek to answer in the weeks ahead as we try to understand what it means to be made in the image of God, the Imago Dei. Be sure to join us next Lord's Day, Lord willing. Until then, this is Pastor Lee saying, Selah, think, and act on these things. It can happen in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. It could happen in a moment, he could break the eastern sky. Savior comes from heaven, when his blessed 
You have been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church in Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship service begins this morning at 11 o'clock in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We extend an invitation to you to join us on these occasions. If you would like to contact the church or Pastor Lee, address your letters to Echoes of Calvary, Post Office Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And so we come to an end of this broadcast. I invite you to think about the message this morning. Consider the one who is our Savior and Lord. Grow to be complete in Him. And remember, as echoes from Calvary stir in your heart, keep listening for that shout, Maranatha, the Lord is coming soon. Great command is promised, he will surely come again. I am listening every morning for the mighty trumpet sound. What a time we'll have together when the saints shall leave the ground. happen in a moment, Jesus Christ could come again. I am listening every moment for the mighty trumpet sound. What a time we'll have together when the saints shall leave the ground. in a moment Jesus Christ could come again